Well, hello, race fans. Welcome to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, and we are here for episode number 20 of the Industry Insider. Uh, it is March the 20th, 2019. And if you've been uh, listening to the EKN Radio Network over the last year, you know that this Industry Insider is a podcast where I get a chance to talk to people uh, you know, in the industry, whether it's organizers, whether it's promoters, uh, guys that are actually in the industry on the race team side or at a shop or whatever it may be. Anytime we come through the industry insiders early in the season, January, February, March, it's the, the lineup of people we talk to normally is focused on promoters and organizations because we're trying to give you guys the preview. What's happening? Because, you know, the season's getting underway. The, you know, the Supercarts USA Winter Series and, and Pro Tour got going. We talked to Tom Kutcher, the Challenge of the Americas out west. We made sure we sat down with Andy Saisman. We talked to Garrett Potter. We're going to talk to Greg Jasperson from Cup Carts North America, to Terry Trader from the Quincy Grand Prix. Those are the guys we talked to. Well, in just what, just over a week's time, and right now when you're listening to this, uh, it'll be right around a week because we're going to have this thing out on Friday and throughout this weekend. We're only a week away from the first round of the Texas Pro Kart Challenge. And again, joining me here today, Gina and Mark French, as we get a chance to talk, kind of preview what's going to happen for the 2019 Texas PKC. Gina, Mark, I know you guys are down there in Texas or a week away. Thank you for carving out a bit of time to talk with me here on the EKN Radio Network. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. So you know, the funny thing, I, I, everybody I talk to, when it gets close to race weekend, I, I always want to you know, ask if everything's ready. How's the prep gone? Most people are exhausted because you, you have the off season to get stuff done, but it always, I think it's a lot of times it's the racer's fault because they wait till the very, very end, right? Till they, till they, they sign in or they pre-enter like on registration day, the last day, or they do walk-ups. How has it been? You're over a week away or just under a week away from the, from the first round in Denton. How are things going with you guys? Are you rested? Let's start with that. Um, no, no, Uh, (laughs) but you did hit the nail on the head because, uh, I I always think, oh, we've got this long off season. It'll be so nice. I'm going to start early and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. And, uh, things come together in the ninth hour, it seems like every year. And, uh, so yeah, this, this last couple of weeks and the week we're heading into, um, are going to be, uh, no sleep. It's it's what it is, isn't it? And, and the funny thing is that you guys aren't alone. Everybody I talk to, it's <laughs> things coming together. You're trying to get your track contracts done and you're putting sponsorship together at the last minute. And again, and I, I'm not throwing the racers under the bus, but people are kind of sometimes waiting to get, you know, they're going to enter a race, but they want to wait, wait till the credit card gets past the next due date. You know what I mean? So it's on the yeah. next statement. And it always ends up being tough for you guys because you're sitting there at oh my goodness, we have 20 entries. Well, then all of a sudden the flood floodgates come through and you're on the computer, you know, entering people in and getting all that stuff done. I know that's kind of commonplace. Let's, you know, you guys had such a great program over the last couple of years. You've evolved a little bit. Uh, you know, last year I was so impressed with Mark uh, becoming the race director. He did a great job. You know, Gina, you run, you run your program like a pro tour. And I think that's later on, I have a question I want to ask kind of about how you guys feel about having so many great Texans run your series, then do so well on the pro tour, but talk a little bit about the way you guys run your series in terms of, if it being a, you, you, you want to prep people to do to be able to go to a pro tour, right? That's, that's the concept. Let's run our regional series just as good as any pro tour. Yeah. Rob. And I, I think, you know, for me, 
uh, you know, getting involved over the last, you know, couple of years, one of the things that I look at it, uh, not only from, you know, trying to be a race director and improve what I do on track, but also I, you know, my son and I, we've been in a, Jake and I've been in it, you know, 15 years. And so when I look at, you know, the way the race is run and the, and the way Tom has done his pro tours and with the years and years and years of experience, I try to bring that to the, to the table for our regional. And, and it's as easy as, you know, when you come off the scales, where do you go? Where does your cart stand go? Is it easy for the, for the driver to pick it up or, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's, uh, it's something that I'm constantly trying to think through the process, you know, and, and Gina, I know does the same thing on the back end with, with, uh, with our registration, it mirrors a lot of what Pro Tour does, and our format mirrors what Pro Tour does, and then we we get it down even to the officiating, uh, you know, to where we're trying to align what we're doing, uh, the same thing as as a Pro Tour. You know, and I may I think that may sound daunting to some people who potentially are club level racers who say it may say, hey, I want to go, you know, try this this Texas Pro Car Challenge out. But it's it shouldn't be daunting. It's it's and it's not coming across because I because I know I've worked with you guys before and I and I've worked of course all the pro tours and all the supernats. I know that it's not it's not coming across as hey we're uppity or we're going to try to run it at this level. It's the the way the pro tours run does fit so nicely into running even a regional even a club race. It's the it's not so much that it's it's more on it, it puts more on people, but it just runs so well. You know everything's done like you said right down to where you put your, you put your cart stands or where you go from here, or, you know, just the way everything's run when, when you're running by the clock and you're running by a, a system, it just makes everything happen so easily. Would you agree with that? No, that's, that's absolutely right. I mean, it, it's uh, you know, we, we've been kind of criticized a little bit about, you know, the way we take things and it's just a regional series and we're too serious, but you know, and, and all due respect to the racers, they're, they're paying, um, along the same lines as what they're paying to go to a pro tour. And, you know, it's gone to where, you know, we, we have multiple um, huge teams showing up to our regional races. And, and I feel it's only fair to, to get these uh, drivers prepared uh, so that they can be more competitive and, and, uh, and just be better off when to go to the pro tour on what to expect from tech inspection uh, to registration and, and even on track uh, calling. Yeah, you know, for me, it's uh, we speak a lot about the pyramid in karting. We start, you know, the foundation, which is club level racing. That's got to be the big wide base. Then you move up to regional, which is kind of the middle. Then you go to national, which is the you know the upper end of people that can number one do talent wise and do it uh, financially. But you know, I, I, when I first started racing, it was all I raced a lot of club, and then when I was ready, I moved to the to the regional level. And I think I, I really believe that that's the way the regional level should be. Everything should be elevated because. In my mind, the, the the regional level is let's say you're in in a, a state like Texas with, with with five to seven clubs, whatever it may be. If you have five to seven clubs, let's say you have seven clubs, and the top five from every club go to run the regional, you're racing as thirty five people, and it's suppo- everything's supposed to be raised up. If you want a really relaxed, easy kind of Saturday race, and and yeah, it starts at seven, but maybe seven thirty, and uh, yeah, they kind of I uh, waved it off on that wreck. The guy wrecked it, but he didn't mean to. He's new. That's club racing. I get that. Regional level racing, though, you have to be held to a different standard, I think, because people expect that kind of racing. And the great thing mm-hmm. is you guys you guys do it at a national level, but with that regional feel and that, you know, that regional camaraderie. I think that's, that's what I felt when I, when I came and first called your races and felt around the atmosphere. That's what it was for me. I felt like I was at a national. Everything was being run by a national, but the atmosphere was just so much more fun, if you guys can take that as a compliment. 
No, absolutely. No, I, I really appreciate that. And, and you know, I, I know it's intense. You know, I, I know our racing is intense and, and it should be because of the caliber of racers. But with, with that said, we also, you know, know that there's uh, Gina does, you know, pay special attention to people that have never raced our series before. And so she'll she'll go the extra mile to make sure they understand, uh, you know, how they're supposed to do this and how they're supposed to do that and when they should do this and when they should do that. And uh, so I, I think, you know, in turn, that helps them a lot, too. Agreed. Now, let's, let's talk about the program itself. You know, we're just a week away from the first round in Denton. You guys kind of tightened up the series, you know, to three double race weekends in 2019. We did four weekends last year. So this year you're going to Denton. We're going back to Amarillo, which is awesome. And we're going to go back to Speed Sports in Houston. Can you talk a little bit about what was the motivation for the move to three races from four? What was, you know, a number of series have done that recently. You go down to the three races. What was kind of the motivation for that? Well, um, whenever we start planning for the coming year, we always start formulating a calendar of every national program, regional program, and club programs um, that that would affect our racers. And um, as we started compiling that information, it became very clear that um, our racers were going to have a jam-packed race calendar. And... Um, I would whole lot rather people be able to um, commit to and manage a three weekend series out of their year than more than that. I just felt like it was a little bit, a little bit more doable and we could get people that would commit to do the whole series and run the full championship if it was shorter and fit nicer into their calendar. I think we're hearing that a lot of places, right? It's, and I think some of that comes from, uh, I guess this will be me speaking my commentary. Um, I've actually, I got a column I've been working on about that because we're coming into club season. I do believe that most cart clubs run too many races. I think they run races where they think no, their club drivers aren't going to go anywhere else. So let's do 12 or 14 or whatever races. I think, I think my, my local club, I think has 15 or 16 races and that from, you know, first of May to the end of September and, that's too much in my mind, but so you guys, you guys are looking at a schedule saying, okay, we got all these clubs, these, here's a free weekend. Here's a free weekend. And the key really is just to try to, you're just really trying to fit in and understanding what your customer kind of needs. Is that, is that the case? Yes, very much so. Uh, so, so how has that been? How's the feedback been on that? I, I love the venues, you know, Denton's that iconic, uh, you know, track that's been around forever. It's had major IKF races, major Scooser races, major Rotax races, Amarillo, you guys kind of opened the opened the gate on that one, pulled the curtain back on that amazing track in West Texas, and then of course, you know the Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston's become kind of the jewel down there, uh, one of the jewels of, of Texas karting. How has the feedback been from your customer base? Um, I think for the most part, um, it's all been very positive. Um, one of the things we were hearing, you know, last year was uh, two double headers and then the the spring and fall races were just single events um single race events and um yeah. the feedback we'd get from the big teams was it's a lot to ask of them to come and set up all of their stuff and everything for you know a practice day and a race day and um and so hearing that and then looking at the schedule and uh you know 2019 how it was playing out on the calendar it just made sense for us to to do double headers all the way through and, um, and make it nice, sweet package into three weekends. 
Yeah, I remember, Gina, when we talked about it, it was kind of the idea that in those, you know, that first race and last race, was we were going to try to do it so that people wouldn't have to be at the track on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in school, so let's just do it. I, I get that. It's you're, you're balancing off that side of people being in school or you drop one race and, and do full weekends for the teams. I, I get that for sure. Well, folks, this is uh, episode number 20 of the Industry Insider. I'm speaking with Gina and Mark French from the Texas Pro Car Challenge. They're getting things underway. Uh, in just a week's time, looking forward to heading down to Denton uh, for that event on a, a March the 29th, 30th, and 31st, I believe is the date. Folks, stick with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. I'm Chris Wheeler from Bell Racing USA, and I listen to the EKN Radio Network 24-7. For over a century, Briggs & Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge, the dedicated spirit of every Briggs & Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? The shift is on to a new brand and a new way of thinking. Mad Old Nut Racing and Croc Promotion USA are focused on changing the paradigm when it comes to race teams in this sport. And the goal is to support dedicated young racers by giving them the tools and opportunities to succeed. Originally born as Mad Croc, the new branding is Croc Promotion, and Armando Fellini's product continues its dedication to quality and innovation. Croc Promotion USA is the American importer and distributor, and Mad Old Nut Racing is the official race team. We're ready to attack in 2019, and our race results speak for themselves. A.J. Myers swept the first four Winter Series shifter cut races of the year, and Andrew Bedozo continues to assert himself as an emerging player. Croc Promotion has momentum. Dedicated and talented young drivers, supported and mentored by team owners who know business and who are passionate about karting. That's Croc Promotion USA. That's Mad Old Nut Racing. Search for us on social media and give us a follow. California karting is about to heat up once again. Because the Superkart USA California Pro Kart Challenge is ready to kick off their 2019 season. The opening round of this year's PKC will take place on March 30 and 31 at Buttonwillow Raceway Park. The chase for the championships will get underway. Registration is open now. From there, the PKC will head to Cal Speed in June, Monterey in July, Santa Maria in early September, and then it will cap off at the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix on September 28-29. All the Scusa classes are on the dance card, including Micro and Mini Swift, KA100, X30, Stock Honda, and the new Pro Shifter 1, Pro Shifter 2, and G1 Gladiator categories for the new IAMI SSE 175cc shifter engine. For more information, head to supercartusa.com. We hope to see you at the track. Hello, karting fans. This is AJ Myers, and you're listening to the EKN Radio Network. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by Gina and Mark French from the Texas Pro Kart Challenge, one of our industry insider interviews as we kind of talk about the new season of the Texas PKC. 
guys, let, let's let's talk a little bit about the evolution of the class structure because I think that's interesting for 2019. And you know, we've watched Texas kind of evolve from what it was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. You know, you got as a family, the Frenches have been involved with it as well. You guys came through the you know, the tag cadet and then the S5 and then the S2 and S1 kind of things with Jake. So you guys have been through a lot of the evolution. Supercarts USA evolving, the sport on the whole, I think, evolving as well with the kind of reintroduction of the K100, you know, the air cool 100cc stuff is getting exciting again. And you guys will be adding that for this year, which I think is great. But you're also going to add the Briggs and Stratton 206 class, which, you know, near and dear to my heart as part of our, uh, you know, hashtag Operation Grassroots deal. Speak a little bit to me right now and the, and the listenership about, you know, the evolutions you guys made moving that moving into the KA program and, and the late call to bring in 206, which I think is great. Well, um, the uh, KA was, you know, a natural move uh, because being a step in the ladder to SCUSA Nationals, we want to include the classes that they focus on at the national level. Um, haven't really heard much talk of, uh, don't know really what to expect in those areas. We watched the um, winter series in Florida and then the first pro tour and um, a little on the light side, I would say. So it may take a little time to grow uh, those two KA categories here in Texas. Um, And then the Briggs was a, was a late decision um, and one that Mark and I, have really said no to for a few years. We're asked repeatedly, um, uh, just immense asking to run LO, and, and we just didn't ever really feel like it fit our program. Um, but uh, the the popularity is there, and um, you know they're they're running it in Lancaster uh, under the PKC, and um, and have had you know good turnout with that. And uh, I know that we're we we've got a lot of Texas uh, 206 racers, and uh, so we just kind of bounced that ball back and forth, and then just decided let's just do it. And um, been working with David Klaus with Briggs, and um, he's been great. Good very people, yeah, really helpful. Yep, yep. Um, excited about um, the addition. So um, I think it'll be a good one. We've already got uh, several entries in those those classes, so we're excited about it. You know, the funny thing is, and I love, I like that myself. And I agree with you that the K 100 has got to, got to evolve still. And we saw that, you know, we saw some great numbers at the super Nats, but that's the super Nats. It's people from all over the country coming in. It's some older guys like Stephen Barros who end up winning the race, buying a cart to race and then selling it afterwards. He's already sold that cart. So that's, it was kind of a one-off, right? It was kind of an Island thing where you really couldn't look at that. The super Nats as a real uh, indicator of what was going to happen. It's growing everywhere. It's just going to start picking up speed. And I think it'll do the same thing in Texas with KA 100. For me, the Briggs thing I find very interesting because you, you guys talked about, and, and we've had this conversation that you were kind of holding off on a little bit, but as a, you know, as a true regional Texas regional program, you want to provide the classes that your regional regions are at. Maybe people, you know, the clubs in your region. And for me, it's really weird to me because I know that a lot of people, there's guys that run two cycle that look kind of look down on four cycles. It's not fast enough for me, whatever it may be. When I, when I grew up, when I, when I grew up, when I started, I was what, 27 when I first started in 95. Um, when I was doing that through not through the nineties and everything, every, everybody that ran in Ontario, if you were a, 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 a junior, you ran Honda four cycle for us and you ran like Jika or you ran whatever, like people ran both. You ran four cycle and two cycle. Everybody did that. Was, you know, guys would run, 
Honda four cycle and shifter because one was one year was supposed to be smooth, all but moment, momentum, and one was you know the hardcore racing kind of deal. So I like it. I'm I, are, you, are you thinking you're going to see some double duty like I would have saw in Canada you know, back in my day and still today? Still nowadays, they still run both classes. Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we're already seeing that in some of our entries. And, yeah. and uh, we, we look at, you know, a lot of these up-and-coming junior junior racers specifically. They they uh, they race their LOs at the club level and and, uh, and around Texas. So, you know, we're already seeing them pull some double, double duty. So, yeah, I, I think so. I think you'll definitely see it. Well, it, it, for one thing, it's easier on the body. We, we've seen guys try to run, you know, KA and X30. <laughs> so that's a little rougher. You can run X30, senior or junior or KA or whatever, and then go to 206. It's going to be a little easier on your body. I can attest to that, to be, to be honest with you. But I like it. I think it's a lot of fun. And it, you know what, let's, at when we talk about KA100 and the 206 program with, with, with you guys, I think it's a perfect segue Let's bring in the fact that you guys are having a brand new event. P1 Promotions, your company, is going to be promoting a new event at Circuit of the Americas, the KALO Cup, which is essentially KA100 and LO206 for Briggs at, you know, two of the fastest growing categories in the sport right now at the newest car track in the country at a Formula One facility. Talk a bit about right now. Let's, let's roll out the KALO Cup. Yeah, it's um it's extremely exciting. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. Gina was bouncing names off when we started putting this together, and we have a really good relationship with with the guys down at Coda, uh, specifically the the kart track there. And you know, we you know Gina came up with the Kalo Cup. It's it's so fitting. Um, you know, we've we actually helped the Margay Ignite guys. Uh, we helped put on that or help uh, help that event out. So we we've seen the LOs and the KAs already run there. And I can tell you, it's it's extremely exciting. It's a it's a great great track for for those two carts, and and we really look. This is this it's going to be a big event. Um, we've already had a lot of interest, and and uh, I think it's going to be really big. Can you give us the the date? Uh, give us a little overview yet? Do you like do you know? I know you know the dates, but is it, I don't know. Is it a two day race? I I saw it, but I, let's get a, an update on the whole race itself. Yeah. So the so the date is uh, June 13, 14, and fifteen. Okay. Um, and it will be uh, it will be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday will be an all day practice, and uh, we're still putting together. And I'm gonna I'm using air quotes here that nobody can see, but a very <laughs> unique uh, a unique race format uh, that will allow these racers to get a plethora of track time um, from 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 racing all the way to practice and everything. So, uh, Code has been kind enough to to pretty much give us their cart track for for three days and. And we're going to take full advantage of that with uh, with a lot of racing. I like that. I like the air quotes, and I like the fact you're doing something different. I, <laughs> anytime you can have something unique, I think people people love that. And one of the things I talked about when I know that that you know Coda has gone to this the the pure uh, ignite program with their 206 stuff, and I and I and people kind of got a little you know a little fired up about that. Man, we should be able to go race there. The the beauty about Coda is they're going to bring people in the rental program. They're going to get them into the Ignite program that are going to run there. And those racers are all going to end up wanting to race somewhere else. And they're going to be coming to the Texas Pro Car Challenge. They're going to be going to Katy. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be going to different racetracks, which I think is awesome. So that, that's something I really like. Now, what will the class structure be? You know, I, let's give us the full structure in, in KA and the full structure in, in 206 that you know of at this point. Well, we're definitely um, going to run the full um, KA uh, junior, senior, and master. 
Okay. And then uh, with LO, uh, pretty much the, the same thing. Um, with the exception of the cadet, uh, we've decided to um, just limit that to, um, you know, basically a junior, senior, and a master. And we may even throw in a, a heavy class as well. Okay. So uh, that, that'll be coming out real soon, the, the class structure. But it'll, it'll be something for everybody for sure. You know what I find interesting? Uh, you know, you brought up the fact that you kind of helped out the Margay guys get in there, and at least at least help them kind of kind of facilitate talking to the good folks at, at the Coda Karting Track, where I'm going this weekend for the IndyCar race, and I cannot wait to see the track itself. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. The funny thing is, Mark is you know people know you and Jake through Sodicart. They knew they know you and Jake through Burrell. But if I'm not mistaken, did Jake not race a Margay in his early days? <laughs> he did. That's funny That's because what I uh, That's what I we, we had bought we bought a, a a motor and a go kart off of eBay, and uh, and we took that kart actually acceleration karting rebuilt the Rotax motor and we took it to Centennial and Jake won the 07 Rotax Grand Nationals with it. So That's what I thought. That's he what I loved thought. That Margay. Yeah, he did. He loved that chassis. Yeah. That's old he, school, right? Isn't that old yeah. school? Well, it was great because no one could borrow parts from it because it was all American. So, you know, there was there was, there was no sharing of axles or wheels or anything like that. I, we were the only one on it. So that was kind of I fun. do remember I remember that weekend at Centennial as well. That was a good weekend. We had some it was it fun. Was the, it, we we packed that. There wasn't a lot of pit space. I remember that. We had the thing jam-packed pretty good. That's right. Uh, here's one thing I want to talk about. You know, obviously, I'm a, I'm super excited to get back down there with you guys, Denton, Amarillo, uh, and of course, you know, in Houston at Speed Sports. And we've talked about this, and I think I think it's worth talking about here in the uh, in the podcast, the interview as well, is the fact that um, I don't know what I don't know what's in the water down in Texas, or you know, obviously you guys know you guys put on such a fantastic program, but for, it's like a constant stream of tremendous drivers. You can even go back to the days you know, of, of the guys coming out from the IKF program, the Scuzo program in the early days, right? The the Trevor McAllisters, mm-hmm. the uh, the Kyle Martins, Gary Glanger, uh, Colin Lynn. A lot, so many great drivers in the early days coming out of Texas. Um, and then just recently, since, you know, since, you know, the initial part of the Texas pro car challenge, then with you guys, it just seems like Texans come out and they go to the national level and it's just unbelievable. And I know you guys must've been proud watching the recent schools of pro tour race when I think it was three, I think pretty sure it was three. There's three Texans, I think on the podium at one point in one of the categories. Like, yeah. And, and even, even Tyner getting his, his first win yeah. in, in junior. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. And if we, even if we go back to the, to the Florida uh, winter series, uh, the Islips, you know, doing so yeah. well in podiums. And, and these are, these are true uh, drivers that have come up through the Texas pro cart challenge that have now gone on. Now, it literally gives me chill bumps right now to talk about <laughs> it. It does. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely awesome. Yeah, Jack and Oscar Iluff both performing extremely well at the Winter Nationals in in uh, Florida as well. But you know, again, that that speaks to what you guys are trying to do, right? You're not you're not just running a relaxed. Hey, come on out! It's a regional program. We're going to have some fun. It's you know, it's super. Rela- this is more of a hey, guys, come out here and we're going racing, and we're going to teach mm-hmm. you guys how to do it right. We can't teach you how to how to be race car drivers. We can't teach you how to race uh, in terms of actually what to do. But we can teach you what kind of officiating you're going to deal with. We can t- teach you exactly what kind of tech you're going to deal with, what you're going to deal with for, with infrastructure. And I think that just that's going to raise everybody's bar, and it does raise everybody's bar. That's what it is. When these guys go, these guys and girls go to a major event, it's not, shock, it's not a shocking deal for them, right? They're not shell-shocked. They're comfortable mm-hmm. when they get there. Hey, it's like I'm, I'm at a 
you know, I'm at a Texas Pro Car Challengers. I'm ready to go. And you got, I'm, I'm sure you, you said you got chill bumps. You must, you must just feel so good seeing that happen. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and Gina had a list of, uh, of drivers that competed in, in the pro tour and, and in the winter series that come out of Texas pro car challenge. And it's staggering. I mean, in the, in the, you know, upper thirties um, of drivers as yeah. recent as last year competing. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Folks stay with us. We got uh, one more segment to come when we get back here again, this is the industry insider, March 20th, 2019. My guest today, Gina and Mark French from the Texas pro car challenge, the program that will get rolling in the final weekend here in March. Stay with us more to come on the EKN radio network. I'm Jake Craig and you're listening to the EKN radio network. Hey racers, this is Rob Howden, and I'm super excited to be back with the Texas Pro Kart Challenge family this year. Gina and Mark French have put together a perfect three-weekend series after listening to their racers. And we're heading to Denton at the end of March, then the incredible track at Amarillo in July, and we'll cap it off once again at the Jewel Houston Karting Speed Sports Racing Park in mid-September. Get these Texas PKC dates on your personal racing calendar, and I'll see you there. The Texas Pro Kart Challenge fires up this month on March 29, 30, 31, with round one at NTK Kartways in Denton. It's two full days of racing for Mini and Micro Swift, KA100 Junior and Senior, X30 Junior, Senior and Master, Stock Honda Senior and Master, and the exciting new Pro Shifter category featuring Miami SSE 175cc engine. Come join the Frenchers and I and the whole staff at the end of the month. And let's get this new Texas Pro Card Challenge Series underway. Are you ready to go racing? Trinity Karting Group is fired up and ready to take up that challenge. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives them access to their custom-designed driver training facility. This allows them to offer private one-on-one coaching that can take you to the next level. They're also a Midwest dealer for Tony Kart and IAMI, and they are your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. They'll be trackside at the Scusa Great Lakes Pro Car Challenge, the USPKS, the USAC Battle of the Brickyard, and of course, the KRA Series at Newcastle Motorsports Park. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with the customer service that is second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and they're dedicated to driver development. They take pride in their professional approach and their positive attitude. Let them build a custom race program for you. Give them a call at 513-421-4463 or check them out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Attention Carters of the Midwest. Supercarts USA is back. Scusa is returning to its roots with the launch of the new Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge. It's four events at three great venues, Indiana, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Newcastle Motorsports Park, Concept Haulers Motor Speedway, and Road America. 
This is your chance to run all the SKUSA categories in X30, KA100, Mini, and MicroSwift. And of course, it's SKUSA where SKUSA was born, so the shifter carts will be front and center. The Great Lakes Pro Car Challenge will be your place to race stock Honda and the awesome new IAMI SSE 175cc shifter. Finally, Midwest racers can compete in a SCUSA Regional Series, and if it's your goal, prepare for the National Pro Tour. Follow Supercarts USA's newest regional program on Facebook at SCUSA Great Lakes PKC and on Instagram at SCUSA Great Lakes. This is Jim McKinney, and you're listening to EKN Radio Network 24-7. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. If you are listening on your mobile device, thank you so much for downloading the EKN Radio Network app. If you're, of course, listening either through a podcast that's downloaded to iTunes or Google Play or through the actual website at ecardinews.com slash radio, uh, please jump on over to iTunes, Google Play, get that uh, get that app downloaded to your mobile device 24-7, 365, EKN Radio. All of our EKN Trackside Live main, event, main events, we stream those throughout the year. You know, we grab old races, usually grab one of the most the, the more newer races, get it on there for you, and plus all the podcasts. I think we're, we did 53 podcasts in 2018. My goal is 100 this year. Little behind right now, but it's been crazy. I think this is number eighteen or nineteen for the year. Uh, but again, looking to try to get at least between eight ninety and a hundred in two thousand and nineteen. So a lot of cool stuff coming. In fact, we're uh, just so you know, you'll hear it first. We're actually going to try some live stuff this year too. Maybe even some live call-in shows, and we're going to have fun with this radio network. We appreciate it. All right, guys, uh, Mark and Gina. You know, here's let's let's talk a little bit more about the evolution of what you guys are doing with Texas. Yeah, you know, you're always trying to get sponsors, trying to get supporters. Can you talk, do you have anybody new that you've brought into the program for 2019? We do. Um, we have secured uh, Stilo USA. They've come on board as a class sponsor and nice. um, have also committed to being present at all three of our event weekends uh, with their products. And um, we'll do helmet fittings and and just uh, give them some exposure and, and for our racers to see their products. So we're excited about that. Yeah. Incredible product line for sure. Stilo USA uh, from Simpson and uh, and Jay Braxton, who I'm sure will be there, is uh, mm-hmm. he's one of the good guys for sure. That's awesome. I like to hear that. That's great. Yep, we've got. What else um, we got lined up? Well, we've got several returning uh, for the year. Um, Alan Rudolph Racing Academy was with us last year, and he is uh, back with us. Um, we've got a new uh, track out of Odessa, a Rim Rock Raceway, owned by the Cherries. And um, they've jumped on board as a class sponsor um, after racing with us last year for the first year. Uh, so we're excited about that. They um, they were pivotal in bringing us racers out of the West to Amarillo when we first started there. So yeah, they uh, were and they were they were in the hunt there too, if I'm not mistaken. We had yes. a good, we had, there was, a, there was yes. a good battle in that race. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Are they, will they be back? They're going to be coming back for the 2019 series. They are. They certainly yes. are. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. That's good. Yeah. So, um, so you got more? Uh, I think that's Floor's yours. I think that's probably good. <laughs> that's, talk about that's Crosslink. Good. Oh, Crosslink. Crosslink yeah, Crosslink competition. Um, yep. Todd, Sean Owens, new team that has been making a 
huge splash in, in the Pro Tour. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they've come on, uh, so, and as well as nuclear imaging. Nice. I know that, uh, yeah, obviously Sean Owens and the, and, the, and the crew over at Crosslink Competition have been doing amazing. It just, what they were able to do with the Pro Tour, I know you guys were obviously listening into that uh, with Joshua Carr. Uh, they were really, really impressive. Uh, Alavi as well. Uh, David, was it David or Michael that raced? Uh, Michael. Michael raced. Yeah, Michael Alavi was super fast as well in the S2 class. I'll give a big shout out to Sean Owens right now because he actually has all of my audio equipment that's coming down for the race for our live broadcast. It's in his trailer. So yeah, yeah, it was fair. Actually, Mike Rawl- Mike Rawlson took it from Florida to Fontana for me. From Fontana, I put it with Sean. Sean's going to bring it to me today. So yeah, yeah. Big, big thank you uh, to Crosslink Competition. But yeah, you know, another big team and mm-hmm. uh, and a pro team too, which I like. They uh, they were very impressive in Fontana. Great. To, it's good to have teams like that, right? You want to, you want to have teams out there that are going to, you know, present the sport in a professional way. Yeah, and he's um, he's even taken, you know, he's got a, several of uh, Texas Pro Kart Challenge Junior drivers in there that uh, is pretty much their first time in the, on the pro scene, and and uh, they did extremely well um, under his tent. So exciting to see those guys in the big rig come to uh, Texas Pro Kart Challenge. You know, I think one of the things for you guys is uh, is the staff. You guys got such a great staff down there that that you know r- works the the track, works the corners. Uh, Mark, do you, do you want to kind of lay out what you guys got, you've got going? Are, are, you have first question. Are you are you back as race director for this year? I, I am back as race director this year. Um, you know, we've pretty much got the same same format and, and same people, so uh, I look forward to that, and uh, I look Good. forward to really applying a lot of the things I've learned. You know, from from last year. You know, I'm not, you know, definitely not perfect and and uh, made a few mistakes here and there, but but I've learned from those and and I'm I'm excited to come back and, and apply that. Well, you know what, that's that's about anything we would want to hear out of a race director, because normally, you know, if there's an opportunity to run, they do that. So um <laughs> I assume that Gina probably didn't let you run away, but Hey, listen, last year was kind of your first, last year was kind of your first year. And I've said this before and I said it on podcasts, how impressed I was with the way you ran things. Uh, And I I say that because as a father and as a mechanic, not just a father, but as, you know, a a leading national mechanic of a, of a champion driver, you were able to kind of look at the sport and and even the inner workings you had with DKC you're, I think you're obviously able to look at things in, in a certain perspective, right? Because you've been there before. You, you've been on the other side of the conversation from race director to parent <laughs> or mechanic or whatever it may be. You know, I think that's what probably helped you be so strong the first year. Now, tell me, if you look back at yourself, what do you think some of your biggest challenges were? Let's hit, we got some time. So let's, what were your biggest challenges in your first year as a race director? You know, I, I think the, the biggest thing is is the workload. You know, I think people... Under, yeah, and I think people underestimate, you know, what it what it takes to run the race from from what Gina does and and what I do. And and with that said, you know, just a normal day is is fifteen hours, and and twelve to thirteen of that is actually on the track all day long with almost literally no breaks. And that was that was something, you know, at least when I'm a mechanic or or working in a pit for someone, you know, you got to sit down, you got time in between, and you're kind of you know doing things, but Man, it is 100% on the throttle all day long from beginning to end. And, and I think that kind of, you know, I had to really kick back and, and start, you know, delegating a little bit more because I was taking on too much. And and uh, so I, I learned I learned that the hard way. You know, I, I wanted to be involved and, and take everything by the 
the bull by the horn, so to speak. And, and I realized quickly, you know, the next couple of races that I couldn't do that. Yeah. But and people don't understand that. I'm glad you brought that up, Mark. Cause that is so true. Um, it, it, it works my way. You know, I mean, I announce every race and, and Cole and I always say this, that, that when we're at a racetrack and people, and people get to go for lunch or they do what they want, whatever they do, especially the supernats, right? They get half the day off. Yeah. David Cole, David Cole and I are never off. You know, I'm always calling the races uh, or managing the broadcast, whatever we're doing. David's always taking a picture. We don't stop. And that's the same for you. The minute you, in fact, the minute you roll in there and you get out of the car, whatever it may be, you flick on the light switch mm-hmm. and you don't flick it off until you get back to the hotel. And maybe not even after that, right? You could be dealing with something <laughs> oh, no. else. And people, yeah, it's, it's people long don't, debrief, people yeah. don't and people don't get that. They yeah. don't realize that it's an on-off switch, and you're, you're you're drinking from that fire hose from six thirty in the morning <laughs> until eight thirty at night. It's true, mm-hmm. and it's again. I I bring that up, and I, and I push this because I, people that are listening to this broadcast, I want them next time they go to the race to find their race director and thank them. Well, Either and corner he, workers, he, he, everybody. Same. Yeah, they never stop. They don't. They never stop. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I, that's I know. You know what? Hey, Rob, you know what the funniest thing for me was at the beginning of last year, um, having having come off, you know, five years of working national races, I had been. I know. Yeah, yeah, I'd had a headset on. I knew what was going on and had been a part of that. And it was just the norm to me. Well, that first race, (laughs) Mark sticks that headset on. And I come up, I walk up to him and he pulls one ear off and he's just looking at me like, what? is this like nobody they don't shut up it's like constant talking and they need him and do this and do that and I was like I've been telling you that yep. this is how it's going to be and he just was just it really just blew him up it was really funny well I was gonna I was gonna ask I was gonna say Gina you have years of national level experience in the you know in a, in a race director role on the pro tour or whatever else it may be and I wanted to know if Mark actually would have came to you because you know in the husband wife dynamic, you know, do you really, you know, as a guy actually going to ask his wife, hundred percent, she has more experience. Oh, you did. Oh, he absolutely no. did. She, she knows. I was, I was, Rob, I was joking. I was joking. Oh, no. but yes, yeah. but, yeah. Dude, I'll tell you what, this lady knows that rule book, top, bottom, sideways, <laughs> backwards, forwards, upside down, you name it. And so, yeah, any, cool. any, any time I got in a jam, obviously I, I, uh, I consulted with, with my officials and, but, you know, I, I had to pull in Gina multiple times to help me make decisions. And yeah, she was instrumental in, in uh, helping me make some really hard decisions. Well, when you have access to her experience, that's, that's a go-to, right? That's, that's a given that, that you, you take advantage of that access. And there's no doubt about it. I understand that completely now. All right, guys, let's, let's wrap this thing up. You know, we're, Again, like I said, it's what we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. It's going to go up on Friday, probably and throughout the weekend. Um, you know, we're just a week away. Um, I'm excited to get down to Denton. What do you guys see? Are you fired up? Are you anxious? What is it? Yeah, I, I can tell you I'm, I'm probably more excited than I've ever been just because I haven't been to a <laughs> darn cart race and, and, and uh, since, since Super, Super Nat. So, yes, I cannot yeah. wait to get to the racetrack. What about you, Gina? Oh, I would have you to. Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I need to hear some carts going around on a track. Uh, I'm looking forward to it too. I'm very very excited. See, the only only thing, I know it's going to be good in Denton. You know, Houston's going to be great. I'm just crossing my fingers that when we get to Amarillo, (laughs) Amarillo. that we get that 85 degrees that it was the day after we left. Well, didn't you say 
You save your cardboard box that you had your shield up for your laptop. No, I think it. I think it actually melted. <laughs> so it, it lit on. It lit on fire. But it was 106 degrees for like five days, Ooh, yeah. and then honestly, the day after we left, it was like 85 degrees, which is what it normally is at that time of the year. I just. I just yeah. I yeah. Like, I, I actually had to put on a jacket while loading the trailer that Monday morning. <laughs> and I'm not surprise kidding. Me. Yeah. It's. It was, uh, but what, a, you know what, let's, let, let's cap off with that. And I think that you guys, you know, the first time you guys went there was one thing last year, of course, we drew some people from, from Colorado and some guys coming in from California. I hope we get more people coming because that track was just something special. You know, you fly in over top of coming to Amarillo and it's, like I said, it's like the field of dreams, right? It's like <laughs> cart track of dreams. Somebody builds this track in the middle of Amarillo, this <laughs> replica of the formula one track in Istanbul, Turkey. And, Damn, did it ever race good last year. It was fun. to. It was hard to call it from ground level, but man, it was fun to call. There was some great racing there. Yeah, it, the, and the racers love it. And and I'll tell you, the doc, as we call him, uh, Dr. Thane Morgan, yep. he's, uh, he, he is putting more money into the facility and, and, and yeah. uh, in the track. So, you know, he's excited for us to come back. You know, he'd, he'd love to have even bigger races there, maybe a pro tour or something. Um, you know, the, the track's not going away and, and like I said, he's uh, he's going to be investing some more money into it for us when we go there. So I uh, know we're very, very excited. And hopefully, like you said, uh, I know with the addition of, of the 206, I know that's going to draw a lot of guys. I mean, that they want to run that track. So that's going to be really cool. And uh, I expect some really big fields uh, for that race. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, we got a couple of months to promote that. We'll be doing that on EKN and uh yeah, look, I'm I'm definitely going to have to practice a 206, at least one 206 at that track for a couple of laps because that I think it'd be so much fun in a 206. It'd be like uh, running Spa or something like that. It's such a big track, Road America or something. That's good stuff, guys. Well, listen, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me here on the Industry Insider again. Uh, you know, using these early podcasts of the 2019 season just to bring a lot of information to our 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 listenership at eCarding News and of course those on the Ecan Radio Network. We just you know, there's great racing everywhere. And the key is, you know what? If you're a carter, get your cart out and go racing. Go run the Texas Pro Car Challenge. You're going to love it. It's a great program. I know you guys are uh, essentially always open arms, you know, red carpet. Come on in, have some fun. And uh, and just like you said, Mark, earlier, such close, awesome racing week in and week out every time we're there. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to know how you stack up in a pro tour, come come race with us. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that's, I mean, exactly. that's, that's it. It really is. I mean, that's absolutely. <laughs> if you if you need to know where your gauge is, I mean, you know, we had uh, just and not to draw it out longer, but you know, our first year in Amarillo, we had some guys come down from Colorado and run our shifter class, and you know, I had S ones finishing thirteenth and fourteenth, mm-hmm. and they were like, "My goodness, what what is going on?" Like, mm-hmm. well, well, look at who was who, who was it last year? It was Max Hewitt and David Hosey and, and uh, Hosey, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they were fat. Blair Hosey and Blair Hosey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was Max and Blair, and they were right there, third and fourth, you know, behind the big dogs, but ahead of a lot of S ones. It's uh, yeah, you guys got you guys got some great drivers there. I'm telling <laughs> absolutely. you, absolutely. And there's yeah, it's gonna. I'm looking forward to this year. It's gonna be a lot of fun, guys. Thank you so much for for, for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for having us. Can't wait to get down to Texas, folks. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, Texas Pro Car Challenge, getting things underway, March the 29th, 30, and 31st at North Texas Cartways, the iconic facility uh, just north of Dallas. I hope everybody comes up and joins us. It's going to be some great racing for sure. I'll be followed by Amarillo 
and then the season finale at Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston. Folks, we're all done here for this edition of the Industry Insider. On behalf of Gina and Mark French, everyone from the Texas Pro Car Challenge, hope to see you down in Denton. My name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.